Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I say on every episode, we got a great show for you today. Today we got Callie Tucker, who is a who is the daughter of country, of legendary country music singer Lacosta Tucker, and the niece of Tanya Tucker. So we've got royalty here today. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, but we're definitely going to talk a little bit about her story and some music, and we're definitely excited about having her on the show. So. Yeah. So, Callie, are you here? I am here. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi. How are you doing? I am fantastic. I'm here in Vegas and just uh, just riding the wave of all this craziness going on and, and hoping for, for, for brighter, better days for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely understand that. And I always yes. like to start the show out because we're in a crazy period right now. So how has COVID affected you, and what are you doing to maneuver through it? So when I first made the decision to move out to Las Vegas, because I really wanted to perform full-time and, you mm-hmm. know, um, kind of groom myself for the bigger things that were to come, I just thought it would be such a great change and opportunity. So um, I came out here and immediately um, started performing full-time for a lot of the venues and casinos out here and just loved it and so it's really strange to go from you know performing you know six nights a week to nothing you know they pretty much shut all the performers down and I know it's funny but but you know when you're performing six nights a week you kind of almost pray like I could just have a month off it would be so great my (laughs) vocals would get a chance to rest and I'm you know, for a long time, I was like, I just want a month off, and I, now yeah. I've got seven months off, and I'm, like, yes. I'm kind of like, okay, I'm going nuts here. The thank way. God for, you know, <laughs> technology, because I'm, I'm able to do live streams and be able to still reach my fans and, and be able to sing and, you know, get that out, but it is really tough to not be able to perform, so we're, I'm really, I have a really good, like, intuition, and I feel like mm-hmm. things are still going to be on the rocky side. Um, towards yeah. the end of this year, but I feel like next spring, I feel like we're going to be back to doing, you know, concerts and 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 touring. I think that and too. I have I have a really really positive outlook on this. You know, you could take it as a it it is it's negative for financially for me included and every, and so many other people, but I'm just I'm seeing so many positive things come from it and being able to have time to work on the things that I've not been able to because I have been so busy. You know, so. And, you know, um, another thing, too, that people don't realize, too, I've got a friend of mine in Nashville. We did an interview with him. Um, He's one of the leaders of Nashville itself, not in music, but outside of music, one uh, one of the business leaders. And we were talking about Nashville and where it's going, and he he believes, and I think he's right, that next year is going to be one of the biggest years we'll ever see because he Mm -hmm. said he's got some banker friends in Nashville that says based on their numbers that they're as they're watching bank accounts and stuff that 30% of people's incomes are being saved right now because they don't have nowhere to spend it really. He said, so yeah. he believes that next year they're going to have all this money cooped up in the bank account and then things open up. Well, guess what? It's going that people are going to be so ready for concerts and so ready for entertainment and stuff like that, that there's going to be all kinds of money there waiting it, it kind of is funny because we all kind of, I think, took it for uh, granted, like how much we enjoy going out to see live concerts and shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. And people are really going to go, oh, my gosh, we're going to go and appreciate this. We're going to buy a ticket. Does it matter? Like, we just want to go and have a great time and listen to great music. Yeah. And 
see great shows and performances, yeah. and I think it really, it you know, makes you really be grateful for what you have. <laughs> so yeah. I think it is going to be a, a huge, a, a really big year for us next year. Uh-huh. And I know everybody says that, oh, next year is going to be a year, <laughs> and, and look at what happened. But it, I really do actually believe that it's going to be a huge year for everyone. And, and, and you know, when all this happened, I remember, you know, we started the show in January. And our original plan was 100 interviews first year, and we thought, you know, we'd be doing good if we could do 100 interviews first year. It's like, you know, there's not too many hosts can say they've done 100 interviews first year, especially yeah. no radio experience, no nothing. And so I was like, you know what? We're going to do it. We started on – and then COVID happens. And, I, you know, I'm always one to find the opportunity no matter what's in there. And I was like, you know, I told Sandy – I was like, this could be our year to shine. You know, we, you know, these artists are going to need place a place to chat and talk because everything is yeah. shut down. So I was like, we're going to give them that platform and we're going to talk and we're going to just do as many as we can. And because of that decision, I think you are like our 220th interview this year now. 2020. <laughs> it's the 20. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's a sign. Well, actually, I think you know, I have a, um, I have a, so many other people I think you should reach out to, just mm-hmm. the people that I know, like my cousin, mm-hmm. which is uh, Tanya's, uh, one of Tanya's daughters. She's in a great band called Reverie Lane. My cousin Layla, oh, wow. her other daughter is, is uh, just recently signed and you know we're all I mean there's so I can ha- absolutely get, get you some other great interviews with other great people. Oh that'd be people. great. So, oh, yeah, we'd love that. We're all looking <laughs> yeah. to um, to get to reach out to our fans and our audience. So thank you for for doing this for us. We appreciate I know we appreciate it. We all do. <laughs> Well, you're very welcome. Oh, thank you. So, you're very welcome. So before we really dig into your story, I always like to start out with a little light. So what are some hobbies you'd like to do outside of music? Oh, my gosh. The first thing that comes to my head, I literally just did two in a row. <laughs> I love escape rooms. That's my huge, huge hobby. Oh, wow. I love escape rooms. I am such a fan of, like, figuring out puzzles and mm-hmm. just I love I, I used to you know I'm, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm a closet gamer but I love video games and this just allows me to like be in one kind of a thing you know so I love yeah. escape rooms mm-hmm. um funny enough like uh I don't I'm like I'm not overly obsessed with it but I love to collect like antique teacups mm-hmm. um oh, yes. they're so cute and special I love little teacups um but honestly, like that, I mean, just so I've always been so like driven for, for work and, and music and, mm-hmm. and being a really smart businesswoman. So it's been really, it's, it's really hard to have hobbies when, you know, your, your main hobby, <laughs> the one that you love the most, which is performing is, is kind of, kind of rules your, your, your world. But uh-huh. when I do get a chance, uh-huh. like I love being just a kid. I love going roller skating with my friends and, you know, Disneyland, I love, if I can travel, I will, like, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm like a kid, I've never, I've never, really, I've not grown up past 23, 23 was, like, I'm always 23 in my head and my heart, so, you know, I always say the same thing, even though I'm 49, I always say, you know, I quit growing at 25, and I always say 25, because you, unless you're, you can't rent a car until you're 25 years old, so oh, okay, that's the right. last the <laughs> last thing you can I think that's the last thing you can do except for like pres being president and stuff like that. But I wouldn't yeah. ever want to want that job. But but no, for the most things you can do things at 25. Mm-hmm. So I've always said, you know what? I'm 25 and holding. <laughs> that's 
<laughs> that sounds perfect. I love it. 25 was a great year, too. Gosh. Um, so what would you say is something quirky about you? Quirky about me? Um, I would say that I'm very funny, but I don't know it. <laughs> like, I have... I have a good group of friends around me that are mm-hmm. constantly laughing at the things I say and I do, and I have no idea that I'm even doing them. In fact, Trish, who you kind of corresponded with, she is, um, mm-hmm. we, we actually started out as we had a professional relationship working together. She's my co-writer and my artist mm-hmm. coordinator and it was really oh, wow. just professional. And then literally she became my best friend. And, and I'm not like, I, I, I really keep my, my core group of people really small. So when I found her, I was like, Oh the God, the heavens opened up and she's, she's not only wonderful to work with, but she's just my best girlfriend. And she's got this, um, on her phone. She basically does. It's so cute. Every time somebody says something funny or quirky or hilarious, she, she writes it down in her notes. And I mean, you can mm. scroll for hours on this thing about how many she's gotten from different, all of her different friends throughout her life. And I'm probably 70% of the funny things on her notepad. <laughs> oh, wow. Just the weird, funny, quirky things I say. Because when I, like, as far as my branding goes, like, obviously, I mean, not obviously, because nobody's really heard my originals yet and everything like that. But there's some, there's some, this kind of like swaggy country meets mm-hmm. mysterious kind of um, like, I'm like an assassin, you know, like kind of, kind yeah. of, kind of, kind of mysterious in, in the way that I, I come across, you know, as far as my branding goes, but really and truly, I'm just like this really super silly person. And uh, I'm just, yeah, I mean, quirky is the perfect, perfect word. Cause I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I think, I guess I'm funny and I don't know it. <laughs> so I guess it would be it. So, like said, so as we dig a little, so as we dig a little deeper here, um, tell everybody a little bit about. Of course, we know who you are, kind of now, but tell your backstory a little bit. I take a couple minutes just to tell us your growing up and how all that came to be. Sure. Um, so I was born in Phoenix, Arizona, um, 1985, and I uh, moved to Nashville with my with my mom and my brother. She wanted to start her career recording again, and so we moved back to Nashville, and um, I grew up there. I mean, I was three years old, and we lived in Brentwood, Franklin, and, um, you know, but but for most of my life, it was, like, you know, from really young till till when I started going to school, like, around seven, you know, like, really, you know, start first grade, we were on the tour bus, and we were traveling, mm-hmm. and I was oh, well. watching my mom and my aunt perform and all the cousins would be, you know, on the tour bus or backstage behind the curtains. And then like towards the end of the show, they would all, you know, always invite all the kids out to come out and, you know, that's, that's where you, you kept, that's where you kept the bug. You're like, Ooh, this yeah. is fun. I love this. <laughs> this is, it was such a, it was a really cool childhood. And then when we used to have fanfare, you guys remember fanfare, right? People that don't yeah. know oh, yeah. fanfare, fanfare. is basically mm-hmm. CMA fest, but, at the fairgrounds and every artist would have a booth of their own and you could sell your merch and people would walk around. And then it was, it was such a fun time. That whole mm-hmm. time of my life was so great. And I met some of the, almost, I mean, that's where I met me and Chris Young. Like he and I used to run around the fairgrounds together. Like <laughs> we were buddies back in well, the day, you know, and uh-huh. him and his sister and I, we did pageants together. <laughs> he wouldn't mind, he wouldn't like to that, but. So I'm very proud of 
seeing seeing all all of my you know comrades do well in the industry and um and then so you know um I started off you know performing in Nashville and and realizing that that really wasn't the place to perform and and you know make money and I you know I was I was with a publisher um mm-hmm. for a little while and was writing and you know, I was really trying to figure out my sound. Oh, I also worked yeah. at Dollywood. When, as soon as I got out of college, I went and worked there for like a season. And that was interesting, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> so I got out of that, came back to Nashville, um, started writing and, and recording, and really uh, had a hard time finding my sound. It was really difficult. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I had so many influences. And um, it just wasn't like, not that any of the people that I ever worked with were, were bad. It just wasn't ever the right fit. I couldn't really figure out what yeah. I wanted to say and everything. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of self-discovery in my life. Like my journey has been a long one because of that primarily, like not, not finding the right producer or the right co-writer or, you know, mm-hmm. just things like that. So I needed to kind of get out of Nashville in order to kind of figure that out. And, um, and so I was on The Voice. I did that um, season six. I was on Team Blake. I was oh, 2014, wow. and that kind of helped skyrocket my my career out here in Vegas, and that was mm-hmm. that was really cool. Um, it was a really fun experience, and it's just weird how everything kind of led me to my producer and my co-writer Trish now, and and the album that we have. Um, PK actually, he's oh my gosh, he's he's a Grammy nominated producer. He um, mm-hmm. a lot of people may or may not know um, his the single "Fine China" from Chris Brown, but that really kind of catapulted his career. And um, I literally can't even name off everything that he's, he's done, but he's been an incredible producer, a great friend. Um, mm-hmm. And working with them has really just changed. I mean, my sound and, and the future of, of what I think, what we think country music is. And I'm so excited mm-hmm. to kind of blow the, blow the lid off of it and come in kind of like a, a grenade and a, a nice fight kind of situation. So I'm really excited for this release, but it's been a long journey, but you know, I just wouldn't have, I'm so glad it, it kind of turned out the way it did because I wouldn't, I just, I'm so proud of this record. I, I just, mm-hmm. I just can't believe I did it. You know, it's almost like you're in shock <laughs> of like, I cannot believe something so amazing. And I'm not even yeah. shooting my own horn because I've never done that. I've never said, Oh, this is the best ever. Like, that's why you nobody's really heard any, any, I've, I've had originals up and then I pulled them. Cause I go, this really isn't me. And I'm, I'm going to be true to myself. This, this wasn't really me speaking uh, through these songs. It was somebody else. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is finally, this mm-hmm. is finally a, a wonderful, um, a time in my life that I get to, to express who I really am and say what I want to say. And it's all there. It's just, um, we got to get through uh, COVID. <laughs> I love that. Now, do you have the same issue? Like we had Anna Christina cash on a while back and she was talking about her husband, John Carter cash. And he was, and she said that one of the issues that he goes through is people will look at him and they're like, well, you're not Johnny. And and and, oh, and he's yeah. not trying to be, and you know he's not trying to be Johnny. I mean, the, the, you know, because of yeah. who your mom and and aunt is, do you go through that too? Mm, no, because my aunt were was a rebel. She's a rebel. Um, <laughs> my you know, my my mom, you know, she 
um, had, you know, five albums out with Capital, and kind of her career kind of slowed down in the 80s, kind of when she had me and my mm-hmm. brother. So, um, but she was a phenomenal singer. If anybody's never heard of her, please look her up. It's LaCosta Tucker, L-A-C-O-S-T-A, and she's got some stuff on YouTube. And But, no, um, I don't, they they kind of expect me to kind of push the envelope because of that, and that's actually a really <laughs> good thing. So, no, I mean, no one's ever expected me to sound like it, um, like her, well, or like her, because she's kind of evolved over the years, and especially mm-hmm. with the new albums she has out. I mean, it's totally different from anything she's done. I mean, one, two Grammys, like, she's she's doing her thing, and people are, like, really open to it. So I think times are changing. I feel like people, uh, music, country music is changing. I will fit into a certain pocket in, in country music, but mm-hmm. I think what's great about the music I'm I'm doing is that I'm going to bring in fans that weren't necessarily country before and now they will yeah. be and I feel like yeah. I'm going to open that door and that's what I really want um, so uh, you know it, you know, being her niece and being my mom's daughter you know ha- it hasn't really helped I'll be honest it's not like one of those things where oh you're a shoe in you really have to, <laughs> yeah. to prove yourself and, and to prove your worth and, and be smart I think sometimes and, it's actually a I think sometimes it can actually hurt because then people expect more out of you and so you have to prove yourself higher than than someone who's just trying to make it. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's not it's definitely not a better roses and I've learned that, you know, I've never wanted to ride the coattails of my last name at all. Yeah. In fact, I even thought of like just taking out my last name because I didn't want anybody to think you know, oh, you know, she's, you know, successful because of her last name. But then again, I go, through yeah. that. That's my last name. That's where I come from. That's, <laughs> that's my story. And I'm very proud of my family, and I'm I'm proud yeah. of where I come from and my lineage. So, mm-hmm. so no, I'm just doing my own thing, and they're probably not going to associate it at all when they hear the music. They're going to – it's yeah. totally yeah. different. So it'll be kind of like L. King and her dad, you know. It's like, oh, that yeah. happens to be, you know, Rob Schneider's daughter – and that's kind of how I think people are going to feel. Oh, it just happens to be Tanya Tucker's niece, you know. And yeah. I just, yeah, it'll be. I don't think it'll be the and forefront it, of any conversation. It'll just be like a cherry on top. And it sounds like you've been through a really great journey here, which leads me perfect into a little next part that we like to go to. Um, you know, a lot of people they see like the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Carrie Underwood, Miranda, and all that, but they don't see the grind the sacrifices, the tears that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even a career level. And I always like to talk about this side of it because I I don't think it's talked about enough. So many people out there, they want to glamorize the whole artistry. And we know that you you got that one hour or two hours on stage, but there's so much more that goes beyond beyond that that people don't see. I want to talk about that side of it a little bit. I'll tell a quick story of where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time, they were full-time in music. And the question, one of the questions I asked Allison was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And I'll never forget her answer. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of me, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, the day you want it to be a career, you no longer own your life so to speak, everybody owns a piece of it between all between labels. If you're part of a label, between fans, between PR companies, everybody owns a piece of you. 
she she said your friends and relatives never understand um, where you're coming from because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to to weekends, to holidays. But when you're in, at the beginning of your career, you're grinding it out. You can't just say no to to gigs, and you can't cancel. You for sure can't cancel gigs because you don't want to be known as that person. <laughs> so you have to do them, and you have to do them with a smile. And she said, but the mm-hmm. friends and relatives never understand that. Then your family has to sacrifice right along with you. And then on top of all that, if that wasn't enough, there's days to where you just feel miserable. But if you got a gig that night, you've got to get on that stage and smile like there's no tomorrow. She, mm-hmm. But then she added, but – if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, basically if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? Yeah. Let's talk about that side of it. You just said a mouthful. I don't even know how to process all that. But by saying, um, yeah, I'm, I've had this conversation many times with, with my mom and with my mm-hmm. friends, and I go – you can get into a really dark place because for me, I will, I can't do anything else. I literally don't, I don't, I, I mean, there's, there's plenty of things I would be great at. Okay. But, yeah. but there's nothing that would ever satisfy my heart like doing music. So there's really no plan B. And I, I've yeah. seen, it's funny because, you know, I went to college at a community college for commercial entertainment and mm-hmm. I was in such a, I was in so deep with the music people and when I was really young, you know, in my early twenties, you know, there's so many people doing music and I knew all of them. And, um, um, and, uh, it's funny to see how none of them are doing it anymore because it's very hard. Mm -hmm. It is not for the same part. Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to be, um, it has to be almost like a sickness. It it is. Mm -hmm. It truly is because, because I always say, oh, man, I would have been a huge star if I was back in, back in the 90s when we didn't have all this social media and all this other, all this, so, <laughs> yeah. so many things to keep up with. Yeah. You really have to, to know and learn, like, learn how to run your own business. But I also think it's very important for a lot of these other artists that are younger coming up. And they're, they're probably very smart, but if they're anything like me, I'm not, I'm not techie. I'm not, te- I'm not tech savvy. I would much mm-hmm. rather shake your hand. I'd much rather have a phone call mm-hmm. than text like we're doing yep. right now. You're getting to know me in a way that most people don't, don't talk anymore and communicate. And um, uh, it, it, it's been a huge, huge struggle for me. And I think now we're seeing more than ever that technology and social media is to a big detriment in our society. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I'm never going to glorify or say, Oh, that's going to be the best thing ever. Or I'm going to have the most followers because it does, it's not important to me. What's important to me is able to reach out and touch the fans and, and go and tour and talk yeah. to them. And, and, you know, it's it, that, that, that has been a huge struggle is, is doing the, the whole social media thing. Cause it's just not up my alley. I'm so much more of a hands-on person. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to deciding, you know, if music is right for you, I mean, it's, it's, it's a long-term investment and it's not going to happen overnight. And there are, <laughs> there's no overnight successes. I mean, really there isn't. And if there is, I mean, it's just the luck of the draw and making it in the, in the mm-hmm. business is semi like a lottery. Um, even if you get signed, you're not guaranteed success. So you have to have a really good team of people around you. And that's the, my, my biggest advice to anyone is that mm-hmm. growing up, I, I really didn't have, I was, I was so independent 
And I, I didn't have the support I needed and the guidance <laughs> I needed to figure out, you know, who I should be working with. Should I trust this person? Yeah. You know, do you, is, is it normal to have meetings, um, like real important meetings at a bar? No, it's not. It's supposed to be in a, in a, in a boardroom. Yeah. Um, or, mm-hmm. or to, you know, you don't have meetings at a bar with a bunch of men that are drinking, you know, and you can put yourself mm-hmm. into really, you know, um, weird situations if you are female. So, you know, it's all about protecting yourself, I think, working with the right people, having the support, having somebody protecting you at all times and, and having, you know, when you're, when you're in a co-writer, you're working with a producer, there shouldn't be a time limit. You shouldn't be on a, uh, on, on a crunch to, to get this done. It should be exactly how you want it to sound. You should be able to say exactly what you want to say and never compromise on anything that Mm -hmm. you're doing musically because it will be a waste of your time and your money. And you'll walk away feeling, damn, I just did all that and it's not what I wanted. And you, you, you know, that will reflect. You won't push it as hard. You won't, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have felt like that going into the studio Mm -hmm. or co-write going, well, that was a huge waste of my day. That was a huge waste of my time. And mm-hmm. like I said, now I finally have the team that understands everything I'm looking to do and everything I wanted to say. And that, that's what makes me so excited to say, I've really got something special here. And I am so not afraid to shout it at the top of my lungs, you know, even though it's taken me a while to get there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, it's just important to protect yourself in this day and age because, you know, people get taken mm-hmm. advantage of and, and you really don't know who to trust. But you learn. You just have to learn. And, and you know, we interviewed Justin, just Justine Blazer on the show a while back, and she was telling us that you know she became a producer because she got tired of going into studios and the guys would do the do what she wanted, but then they wanted something more. Mm-hmm. And and she, yeah. and she said, I just she said I just knew that there was other women that was, that was going through the exact same thing. And she goes, so I yeah. decided, you know what, I'm going to go spend thousands of dollars on, new, on, on equipment. And she said she had a few friends that could teach her everything she needed to know about producing. And she told them, look, teach me what you know. And now she's a producer in Nashville. That's so fantastic. I love hearing those kind of stories because, you know, um, <laughs> the, the Me Too movement is coming up. And, and it's not just an act, you know, women that are actresses. It's, it's in the music business, too. So, you know. When you know we finally get fed up, we're gonna we're gonna step up to the plate and say, okay, we're, this is we're gonna go a different route. We're gonna do it ourselves, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's fantastic. Me, I would not have the capacity at all to be a producer. I mean, it is so intricate <laughs> and amazing. So, I give her so much credit uh, for doing that. That's that's incredible. I want to work with her. Like I can just already tell I would want to work with her. So <laughs> anybody that's willing to rise to rise above it and say, oh, I can do it and do it better, and it's, that's amazing. So. But there's a lot of good people in this world, and there's a lot of good people in, in this industry, uh, male and yeah. female. And it just—it's yes. going to take. It just—it just—it just takes the right one. It just has to make all make sense. And when something doesn't feel right, say no. I'm I'm not going to do it. And you know, other people are going to have your back, and you can't, you can't ever feel bad about that. You, you just can't. So, yeah. Love that. Um, yeah. So we talked about a lot of the sacrifices, what it takes to build. Let's go the other way now and talk about the glory side that everybody sees when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments uh, um, that you're like, wow, I got to do that. 
You know, the first one that comes to mind is I got to sing at the Dolby Theater uh, two years ago for oh, wow. um, for for an event I was I was with, and I just thought that was so magical. I mean, <laughs> that was so cool. I mean, the Dolby Theater—that's where they had the Oscars. So, um, uh-huh. and I got to sing, you know, my originals, which was was so great, and. You know, it just felt so right because a lot of the shows I do here in Vegas are really small and intimate. And the last mm-hmm. time I ever played big big stadiums was when I was touring with Tanya. So it had been mm-hmm. so long since I'd been on that kind of a stage. And you know what's even funny is that there's a lot of venues out here would not rehire me because I'm too loud. Go figure. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm too, too, too loud of a singer. And, you know. Yeah, talk about talk about being annoyed. I was so annoyed. I'm like, really? Okay, well, that's fine. You know, I'm not going to change or dumb down my voice just to fit the room. I just can't. I, I can't do that. So, being able to just belt it out and have room to move was so so amazing. And then uh-huh. I also look back. Um, my aunt is so sweet. On my 18th birthday, the day of my 18th birthday, she invited me to come sing San Antonio Stroll with her at the Grand Old Opry. And that was amazing. Um, I looked oh, back wow, at my wow. outfit and my hair and I was like, why did I wear that? But it was a, it was, that was a really magical moment. And then I, I you know, I did South by Southwest um, two years ago and, um, you know, every show is pretty special, but, but yeah. those are kind of the main ones you go, oh, wow, you know. And actually, we did one, I'll tell you what's probably my number one. We were, I was on tour with Tanya, and we uh, were mm-hmm. at Gillies in Texas. Um, and my mom surprised me there and sang Get On My Love Train With Me. And that was her, her big single. And, oh, anytime I get to sing with my mama is like, just, just it's so cool. It is so cool. Oh, wow. um, just because she doesn't do it anymore, you know, full time. So, but I'm really, mm-hmm. I really eventually want to do an album with her. And would love I to get her, her on our show. She would love that. She, she would be great. She'd talk to hear her hit your head off. <laughs> but yeah, those are some of the great, great moments. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I know there's so many to come, and it's just so exciting. I love that. So what? Um, I always have to ask. Anybody that's been Team Blake, is Blake on and off the camera the same? I ask that on every time you know, somebody's Team Blake. Absolutely, no. He I is love, a gem. and everybody has said that. Everybody has said that. He I is. don't know what the other ones are like. I've kind of heard mixed reviews about some of the other coaches, but he is an absolute doll, and I cannot wait to see him again. Like, oh, he is so sweet. I just can't even. I'm sure. Um, Gwen is just a doll too, so yeah. There's, I, have, I could not say a bad thing about that man. He is so precious. <laughs> now, what was that Aww. moment like when you were walking out there, not knowing if anybody would turn? I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> I mean, for any, I, I, I do have, I do battle stage fright. Isn't that weird? I totally do. My mom did. Like we just do, and and. And some, some some shows are different than others. I don't know what causes it, but obviously, you know, you're on national television. And, you know, I hadn't, I actually hadn't sang in a while when I had done that. I kind of took a break. And, um, yeah, it was really nerve-wracking. I was like, let me just stay another week. Like, I wasn't, I really had no intention of, like, winning. But I just wanted to stay a little longer so I could, like, kick it with everyone. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was nerve-wracking. Plus, you know. I look back and I was like not really happy about the song that it was chosen for me, so I was kind of bummed about that. But you know, oh, wow. it's, it was it was a great experience, and <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I met some of the greatest people on there, and and 
it's it was a great platform for a really long time for me to kind of push push me as a as an artist and performer out here in Vegas and yeah it was it was cool I love that so we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and play your clip that you sent me of kill me and then we're going to talk about that how sure. okay great hey hang on the line hey everyone we have partnered with another great podcast called the sports guys podcast you can find them over at the sportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a backstage pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The backstage pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Really great clip there. Yeah, yeah sorry, it. sorry, I'm saying it was just advised to me not to like release any of the music yet because it's not released. Ah, uh, we understand. So, I'm so sorry, but I hope you'll have me back again and we can play all the songs you want when uh, it's all released. So, yeah, uh, we'd so love tell that. us a little that, bit about the album cool. and that song. Well, that's not the single. Um, we have um, mm. two 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 singles that we're going to release, but okay, so. When we started this project, I was going out to Burbank, um, California, and I was recording there at the studio. And we, you know, kind of just were like kind of feeling all of, you know, each other out, kind of getting to know like, what we wanted to do. And we had this, you know, idea of like, hey, let's just write songs made for really TV and film placement. You know, let's just kind of go in that direction. So we started off kind of doing that. And, um, and then we actually went to Nashville and um, wrote that song. Um, with Steve Diamond, who wrote Let Me Let Go, Bethy Pill. He's a great songwriter. Oh, wow. And we did, we did wow. that at Curb, and um, that was really a fun trip. And, um, uh, you know, that song is really, really special to me because it has so many meanings behind it. One is, you know, kind of like I sing so much out here in Vegas, you know, it's it's kind of a it's a it's a it's way too much in fact, but I love it. So you know if I could sing if I could sing ten twenty hours a day I would, but vocally you can't do that. So, yeah. but a lot of my shows would would range from four to five hours a night. So it really got hard. Wow. And so wow. my voice is gonna my voice is gonna kill me someday. Is was kind of you know part, part partially that, but also it had a lot to do with you know when somebody speaks their mind or their opinion, you know things you know they they yeah 
you know, it's not always, it's not always received well. So I love that, that we're living in a time where people are really speaking up and voicing their opinions and, 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 uh, and uh, calling people out on things and, and changing, um, changing a lot of things within the industry, especially. So, um, that that song is really special because I want people to feel like, you know, this is, you know, it's a lonely road. Only I could know pushing up against the waves, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. uh, it has, mm-hmm. has a lot of deeper meanings and I think it's going to really resonate with a lot of people. Um, hopefully it does, um, to not be afraid to speak your voice. You are on your own journey, but you've got to speak your truth no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So. Now you're talking about speaking up. What do you think about, I have to go here since last night was ACMs. What do you think about last night, the double uh, entertainer of the year? You know what? I didn't get a chance to watch it, um, but <clears throat> I did hear about it. And I think it's kind of awesome. I love it. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't mind it at all. I mean, there's, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of different, kind of weird, but, I have, I mean, well, we are in a weird year, right? I mean, yeah, it's 2020. <laughs> I actually said the other day, I was like, why can't we just have two presidents, one Republican, one Democrat? You have a, a list of things you have to do on this side, and you have a list of things you have to do on this side. So, you know, I, I'm open. I, I, I thought it was really cool that they, they, they tied it. I don't see, I mean, if I tied with Carrie Underwood or, or um, Thomas Red, I'd be like, dopey. That's great. Like, that. <laughs> Because you know, yeah, you're probably the only one that because Carrie will probably be the only one and Thomas Rhett they both will probably be the only ones ever that will ever be to say that because it probably won't happen again. Probably, probably not. not. But I thought I thought I thought it was interesting. I thought it, I thought you know why not? It's just you know I don't think people really I don't know care too much about awards anymore. Do they? Mm-hmm. I mean. I don't know. We just, uh, for me, I just love great music. Like if I were to win an award, yeah. it would mm-hmm. be so validating. And that's what it uh-huh. really comes down to. It validates like, yeah. the work yeah. you put into it. You feel that's really right. good about it. But, but I'm, uh, I'm such a, I just, my, my dream and my goal and all I really care about in life is like, I want to perform at the awards. Yeah. I want to tour really bad. I want to make friends. I want to write great music. And if I happen to get an award for it one day, that that's just really neat, but I, I yeah. think sharing one is. I think that's cool. I, that's awesome. Yeah. No, no. So, I mean, they might feel guilted. They they might go, well, what the heck, you know? But uh, I mean, anytime you, so, you win Entertainer of the Year, period, you, you got to be. You gotta be yeah, pretty it's still skilled. huge. <laughs> oh, it yeah. is. It takes a lot to so, get there. Yeah. So another thing that we like to do on our show that I think it doesn't get enough love out there, to be honest with you. As you know, everybody, they see the artists, but they don't see the PR people or the managers or producers or any of that. They don't see the team. And without yeah. the team, the artists can't do what they do. And I always, and I'm like, you know what? They don't get enough love out there, so we're going to change that, at least on our show. So I always like to Hallelujah. So, <laughs> so if you want to tell <laughs> everybody a little bit about the team that helped you be who you are, that'd be awesome. Well, first and foremost, I got to give a huge shout out to my mom. She was my biggest supporter, biggest fan. I mean, <laughs> if, I was, if it wasn't for her... Like, I mean, she put me on every small soapbox as a kid, making sure, like, <laughs> that I was always prepared and ready to be on stage and, and sing a song. And um, I got God bless her for that. She's She's been a huge, huge deal. And I've been through a ton of co-writers that I actually all love very, very much. Like, they're fantastic human beings, like um, Trey Matthews, Danny Green, 
uh, Donnie Sawyer. Um, um, hold on a second. Um, he's going to kill me. <laughs> I can't think of his name. I'm coming back. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I just, you know, a thank you, a big huge thank you to Davis Music Group for signing me as a writer um, when they had their publishing company. Um, uh, 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 there's so many writers, y'all. I can't even. All the writers that ever wrote took the time to write with me, even though it probably turned out to be a crappy song. Thank you guys so much. Because if it wasn't for that, I mean, I just I wouldn't be, you know, where I am. A huge thank you uh, to, um, well, my current team, which is uh, Trisha Batani and PK, which is it's Gahara PK Degadenzi. <laughs> he's, he's got the best name in the book. Um and so, you know, the, the, it's, it's really about, like I said, having the right team of people that understand you and, and just not being too hard on yourself, you know, when you're going through the process of, yeah. you know, developing your own mm-hmm. style and sound. But, but um, you know, my, my hair and makeup team, that uh, Amelia and Co., they are amazing out here in Vegas. Love them to death. Um, and actually, I'm filming a pilot for um, a reality show here in Vegas next week. And um, and they're going to be doing my hair and makeup. So, yeah, all the people, thank you guys. <laughs> I love that. And, of and course, you know, my aunt, you, and my cousins, yeah, and my brother. Of course, and definitely. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's you hard. can't, can't like, forget I can't all imagine, that. Like, I can't imagine going, like, when, when you accept an award, you really have to prepare for that because you might forget a lot of people's names. Uh, <laughs> just, like, and they only give you, like, 20 uh, seconds. I know. That's yeah. hard. But um, but yeah. So next week I am filming a, a pilot for a reality show, and it's about um, you know, it's really about Vegas entrepreneurship and a mm-hmm. lot of the oh, wow. people that kind of kind of started from nothing and built their empire. And mm-hmm. and I was oh, wow. um, I was asked to be on it as you know, kind of like you know, I'm the only singer, so it's um, it's kind of everybody, every different genre of, of of business kind of put together, and I'm really excited to see if something comes of it. So it's um, it's gonna be really cool. So no, I um, love that. They're gonna, yeah, yeah. So maybe see me on TV. Hopefully. <laughs> so you know, we've kind of got a little bigger team too. We've got a third co-host, we our do. little eight-year-old. We always let our eight-year-old come on and ask one question. So yeah. Oh my God, I love quick. it. Yes. How <laughs> good is it? We are a family affair, and you know, we got an eighteen-month-old daughter, and when she gets older, she'll be plugged in too. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love that. I know. I saw your family photos. So sweet. <laughs> so oh, nice. Thanks. But yeah, we, you know, it's funny. I we even just changed we, we even just changed our media company name. I was like, you know what? I keep talking a family affair, family affair. You know what? We're gonna run under the name Family Affair Media. I love that. Go for <laughs> it. That sounds great. I, family Affair Media. Yeah, and I even already done the domain and everything. So you know, we're gonna prepare yeah. for it because everything we do, we're a family. So that's that right. Awesome. And here's Christopher with his question. Hi, Kylie. What's your favorite food? Hi, Christopher. Thanks for asking. My favorite food is sushi. I love sushi. I could eat it every single day. If I was stranded on a desert island, that's all I'd want. <laughs> What's yours? Pizza. Pizza is my second favorite. Good choice. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so nice to talk to you. Thank you for the question. Bye, James. Bye. <laughs> So sweet, I love it. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, 
we've done he's been on almost every episode only a few that he's not and it's usually when you know artists sometimes they have to cut like in 30 minutes in and we we go out thinking it's 60 minutes yes. and because that's our show and then the mm-hmm. 30 minutes in they're like oh i gotta go and then do you mind and we're like no sure go you know we we're, we're fine we'll you know, we'll wrap it mm-hmm. up and then uh, those type of things he kind of don't get, and he gets upset. Like, well, I didn't get to ask my question. Oh, <laughs> yes, well, he loves so much to ask. <laughs> well, but, uh, but see, I've he, got he's a, got any but, other questions. <laughs> but see, I got a pattern here, <laughs> to where you know we play this, we always play the song, we talk about the song, mm-hmm. we talk about the team, and then the team leads into him. So you know, oh, yeah, we. I love that. You gotta <laughs> keep it in the family. Keep it in the family. It's yep. so great. Oh, so. So if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Oh, my goodness. What a great question. I have to say, if I could co-write with Lana Del Rey, I would think that would be oh, so right. cool. Lana Del Rey, she's she's very poetic, and I've always been kind of um, um, more of a uh, figurative type of writer for a really long time. And so <laughs> I, I feel like I would connect with her and her writing a lot. Um but my, I, I do have to say my, my, my two singles um, that are going to come out are, are, are a little more figurative, but they have, mm-hmm. this, you know, they still have this kind of uh, mythical fairy tale like um, uh, kind of backbone behind it. And it's going to be pretty obvious when they hear it, but I wanted to keep it very light and fun and still have this mysterious vibe to it. And, and she just kind of mm-hmm. encompasses all that, but I had to take a, a lot of different influences to make this album, but she was always kind of the one I, I would just, anytime I was in a bad mood, a good mood, it didn't matter. I would just put Lana on. She's great. Yeah. And I love Musgraves and Mary Morris. Oh, those girls. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Oh, yes, they're awesome. Love those girls. Now, staying on songwriting a little bit, there's probably going to be a thousand answers to this question, but just think of the first thing that comes to your mind. Um, what, what is a song you've heard and you thought, I wish I wrote that? Oh, God. Gentle on my mind. John Harper. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I, I don't know. There's something about that song. I mean, you know, I kind of grew up listening to it because my mom did that song with John and Dolly on Dolly's show when she had her show mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I kind of grew up listening to, to, like, putting the VHS in, and that was one of the shows she did. And I just fell in love with that. And then, of course, I heard yeah. Glenn's version and um, just fell in love with it. And then I started singing it at my shows, and it was this huge crowd pleaser. And I go, this song is just there's something about it. Obviously, the, the writing is just so incredible. Um, and I hope to be a, a, a songwriter like that one day. I mean, that's what I, you yeah. know. I, I just would love to do be able to, to write like that. So well, uh, songwriters that. are never all we're, we're always learning. You know yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, this past February made the five year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always want to tell this story before I ask the artist that same question because when we asked Kelsey that. She, the answer she gave us five years ago is almost at a T of what she's living right now. I mean, she knew where she was going. So yeah. knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Uh, five years, um, I'm a household name. I've, you know, all you got to say is Callie and they, you know, who, you know, who we're talking about. 
I hope that um, I think if I'm mm. if I'm tooting my own horn a little bit, I, I want to say that I have a pretty distinct sound in my voice, just in general, mm. and I think people you are going to be able to recognize that. It's not going to be one of those things where, who is that? They're just going to know. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like my aunt. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm gonna be touring. I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna have as much success as the next person, and I just don't mm-hmm. see anything stopping me. And and I really look at the the my whole career and what I'm what I'm about to release, and it's gonna be kind of how you know Shania was when she kind of came out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of gonna be like a huge boom, and everybody's yeah. gonna go, whoa, this is different and exciting, and I'm obsessed. So I'm I I I do visualize it and try to manage things are are really what what's going to happen and I I see that happening so yeah that's that is awesome so let's say you know when you look five years ten years fifteen years down the road wh- whatever it is you're a success on whatever level that is but you're a success if the person you are today could meet your future self the future successful self what would you tell her. Um, stay humble and kind. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, that song is a beautiful. That's another song I wish I'd written. Oh God, it's incredible. <laughs> um, I yeah, just um, I've come such such a long way and and been so independent in my journey, and mm-hmm. um, I've I've been frustrated at times, and and um, you just can't take anything you have for granted um, and you can't just stop caring and you can't just put it in someone else's hands. Um, just mm-hmm. continue to work really hard and be the person that you started off being and not let yeah. anything kind of affect who you are as a human being, you know, just, yeah, yeah just mm-hmm. really be awesome. Sweet, and, sweet kind self and be assertive when you need to be and stand up for yourself when you <laughs> need to. And, and not, you know, not take advantage of, of any success and help others. And I've always said, man, if I ever, when I get to where I'm going, which isn't far yeah. off, I just know that I'm going to do so much good. I'm going to do so much good for others because what else am I going to do? Am I going to sit yeah. around in my pile of money and my success and all this glory and not help other people? Absolutely not. You know, I've thought about it for a long time. I, I really want to get involved with, you know, helping the elderly and Alzheimer's. Um, I want to help, you know, the, the, the homeless people here and the veterans, like we got a lot of problems in America and I'm not trying to say that other countries don't, but we, we got to fix what's here. And I want to be yeah. a part of that. I want to be a part of the, the, the growth and the success we have here in America. And if I can do that in some level, I am going to. Love that. Probably and won't have a Johnny my name left, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of advice, let's say you had a friend of yours, and you heard him or her sing, and they got definitely got something special there. You definitely see it. You definitely hear it. And let's say they've played maybe 40 or 50 shows, so they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side, but this would be pre-COVID advice, so keep that in mind. But they've gotten on stage, and they got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd crowds roaring for them and they know they're in the right place and they come to you and they say Callie I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life what advice would you give that specific person to kind of help guide them on for the next two three four years I would help guide them 
I wouldn't just throw them, say, say, don't stop or, or keep believing in yourself and you'll get, no, if they're great and they are, they're, they're doing everything they're supposed to do, but they can't get a leg up. I understand what that feels like. I'm not going to let somebody just hang, hang there. I'm going to help. That's, that's my advice. Like I'm going to help them. I love that. Period. Uh, Yeah. Like, you know, that they do these artist deals all the time. Justin Timberlake did it for Chris Stapleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Usher did it for Justin Bieber. This happens a lot, you know. And if I found someone that was hungry, hungry, like I had been my whole life, yeah, there's nothing I wouldn't do to help that person get where they wanted to go. I'm not, you I'm know, not, something I'm I've not, noticed, with, you know, something I've noticed with country music is back in the 50s, 60s, you know, back in the Johnny Cash days, they did that a lot. You really don't see that as much now. Mm-mm. No, because compared to back then, everybody, everybody's so afraid they're going to get replaced. You know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's the dog eat dog world now. I mean, like I said, I think social media really screwed that for a lot of people. I mean, they people can say all they want, like, oh, yeah. you can reach out to a wider audience now, but I'm still saying like. Hey, listen, it takes a lot of money to get radio play. It takes a lot of money yep. to have a PR person. It takes mm. <laughs> a village, and you might as well win the lottery in order to afford that. So, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, mm-hmm. people can get on YouTube and post their video, but at the end of the day, you still have to dish out a ton of money for a quality project. I mean, uh, re- just recording alone is uh, easily a hundred grand. you know, just recording a, mm-hmm. an EP, a quality EP. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not just, you know, I, I, I think everything's been dumbed down so much, you know, and um, mm-hmm. and the prices keep going up. So um, it's not like, hey, you can go, I'm going to go to my local radio station and ask them to play my song. It doesn't work like that. You you know, otherwise every Tom, Dick, and Harry would be up there, you know, pitching their yep. songs, and, you know. <laughs> so I understand the reasons why, but it's it's still very, mm-hmm. very difficult. And I think people are focused on uh, the wrong, 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 wrong things, which is how many yeah. followers, mm-hmm. how many engagements, how many likes, when it really should just go back, I mean, to the music and the singing. And it shouldn't be about looks either, you know. Who cares what my looks like? If they got a great song and a great voice. And that's really turning. Like that page is turning quite a bit now. I'm mm-hmm. so happy to see that looks are not being. That's why the voice came on. along. The voice came along and really did change that culture. I'm really proud of that um, that aspect of the show, and um, I I just love seeing people that are just un, you know have this unique I I call it unique beauty whatever that may be mm-hmm. you know not your typical. Mm-hmm. Uh, typical looks and they're getting the attention that they so well deserve because they have a great, yeah. great music, a great brand, you know, and they're, they're totally worthy of it. Um, and it, it, it's sad to see a lot of the, the, there's a lot of people I see that are just so fantastically talented and they're not getting the opportunity, you know? So, yeah. but it's a grind. You have to yeah. believe in it, you know, you have to keep pushing. So, yeah. yeah, we definitely understand so, about the grind and all that because, you know, we're chasing the same dream y'all artists are chasing just on a different platform because we're trying sure, to be like absolutely. the Bobby Bones and Ty Bentleys out there down the road. So, you know, we're trying to be this big interview show and that one day everybody's wanting to listen to and and all the big artists are like, if you, oh, I want to be on that show. <laughs> yeah, and I believe you will. I believe you well, will. we appreciate that. I, I know oh, you. thank you. Because y'all are, 
the best, this is the best interview I've ever had, I will say. You guys care so much. You come up with insanely wonderful questions that even make me think, like, oh, what, what, what do I think about that? You know, it's not your surface stuff. And continue to do that because I'm telling you, as an artist, we are craving something more than just your basic questions. I mean, yeah. we want, we want mm-hmm. people to get to know us. I mean, it helps us get to know ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you and, and you know right that stuff. when we first launched when we first launched the show, that was the whole idea. Because I was like, how can we be different than everybody out there? And now, granted, being a married couple doing the show, that's already different anyway. Um, but I but I wanted something beyond that, and I, I I listened to other shows, and I'm like, you know, it's always surface levels. You know, I came up with the tagline "up close and personal" for a reason because we want to get up close and personal personal with artists and have them tell their stories and all that. You know, it's like nobody gives people 60 minutes out there hardly. And no. because most time, the most time they get 25 minutes or so, and, and you only got time to talk about music. And yes, we'll talk about music, but I want to get to know the person, not necess- not just the music. Yeah. If everyone did what you guys are doing, I think uh, it would change a lot of people's perspective. Uh, you know, like we, we want to tell a story. We, we, we want to be heard and, uh, your platform is is really beautiful. I mean, I I would highly. I mean, like, there's I've had a lot of interviews, and I wouldn't recommend like, hey, you should go interview with this person. It's going to be a five second conversation, and they're going to be talking. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's fantastic. And the like I said, the questions are so great. I love it, and it really and truly, it does help me learn more about myself when somebody asks yeah. those kind of questions. So. Well, I'm glad of that. And as I'll, we come to our last question, well, thank you. We appreciate it. And, and as we come down to our last question, um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? Ooh, um, We've built our shirt on this question. That, that's why yeah, I think that's why we do a good end. show. Yes, we yes. Um, I would say. Maybe like what like if you were going to ask me like as an artist, what are you trying to say with your music? What are and you yeah, really that's trying usually, to say? It, it's funny is every time I miss a because you know I've got the same list of questions I ask everybody and I try to let it be a conversation. So sometimes we don't get to everything, but one of the questions I ask, what's your message? So what is, what's your mess? What, what message? Did, did you ask me that already? And I didn't say it. I, I actually didn't. No, we, it was on the sheet. I didn't ask, <laughs> but it's normally asked. So what, you know, so we'll end with this. What is the message that you want to complain? So what I want to come across to my fans is that the music is, is going to kind of reach into different areas of your, of your life. And mm-hmm. um, I, I want some of the ones to really make you think and get really personal and, and people to almost kind of question, what was she writing about? You know, cause I'll probably mm-hmm. never ever tell, to be honest. Like some of these things are super personal that I would never really come out and say like, kill me is important that I get that message out. But, and these other ones, mm-hmm. like the singles I'm coming mm-hmm. out with are, I want to encourage and inspire um, romance and love in men. I know this sounds crazy, but I want no, 
to kind of I want to I want to plant a seed in a lot of men's brains, young men, and and inspire them to find and look for love. Um, and to you know, it's not just about how many girlfriends you can have and da da da. Finding finding something really special and unique, and in a in a in a person, it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight, transgender, whatever. Like finding special things in in the people that you you come across, whether it's friendship or relationship wise. Like I want people to to not lose that that mythical um, fairy tale that. Mm-hmm that we all kind of grew up with. I just want to mm-hmm. inspire to keep that kind of really going. Um, and in a fun way, you know, things in life, a good friend told me, you know, things just shouldn't be too heavy. It should be, you know, we should be moved and, and inspired by these beautiful ballads and, and melodies, but we also need to really, really lift each other up and, and be excited about listening to music again. And, and, um, I just you know, I want to kind of come out the gates with something so unique and different, crosses all genres, and and yeah. it kind of speaks to everybody. I think that's the right way I want to put it. It's hard to kind you of know, explain. You know, you're talking about having men love. I have to tell you a quick story. Um, Sandy and I, back back um, in 2002, we actually met on February 2nd of 02 online. I was in Georgia. She was in Kentucky. Back, of course, in 2002, it was taboo back then. Now everybody's meeting online, but back then it yeah. wasn't. And we, but we met February 2nd. We talked on the phone for the first time February 4th. February 18th, we set a wedding date, and March 4th, we met in person. So we were meeting in yeah. person to <laughs> go to see who we were going to marry. We were all in. It was all in. Oh, all in. Definitely. And, what? And, and, and October fifth will be our eighteenth wedding anniversary. Yes. Oh my God, y'all, that is legit fairy tale ness. That's magical. <laughs> now, now, when we say fairy tale, here comes the other side of it. Um, right. For the first few, for the first years of our marriage, see, I went through nineteen years of addictions until I feel like God healed me almost 13 years ago, but the first five years of our marriage was really hectic on my wife, but she never put me down. She never, she always uplifted me in spite of the addictions. She always um, loved me through the addictions. And, you know, many times people will tell, tell us, um, well, it sounds like she let you walk over her. And I'm like, no, 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 you're not getting it. She allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. And, and and that's if it weren't for that, I, I don't think I would be alive. And, and that's why I'm so intrigued sometimes. Like when we brought on Anna Christina Cash, and we talked a little bit about Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash. Their story reminds us of us because of the addiction. Yes, their story is very <laughs> intriguing. Y'all have inspired me so much just from what you said because. Like I said, like, I don't want people to feel like we're in an age where a swipe is going to be, you know, you're just going to get a hookup or something. I want people to, to, uh, to kind of wait for that magical moment mm. with someone and you mm-hmm. know, it's right. And it's so special. And I want girls to value themselves and, and know that yeah. they're, mm-hmm. they're worth waiting for. And the guys to go, I'm worth waiting. And this isn't, this isn't coming from a religious, this is coming from me, like loving, loving Cinderella. 
loving Snow yeah. White yeah. going Disney movies like influenced me mm-hmm. a lot. Like this isn't a religious thing. This is just like let's just make it really mm-hmm. special because it is supposed to be God made it that way. Like yeah. whatever you're supposed yeah. to be in your life, whether it's friends or relationship, like let's make it let's make it a fairy tale. We want because don't you want to tell those stories to your kids and. Like you just yep. told me, oh, yes. like, hey, this is how we mm-hmm. met, and this is how, how magical it was, and it's so <laughs> beautiful, you guys. I love that, and I love that and because of our story, because... and because of our story, I can't imagine. You know, again, I know the other people they they step out on ma- the marriages, and I, I can't even imagine because I would cr- crush. And what what a lot of guys don't get who cheat, and of course I know it goes both ways, but I'm talking guys here. What a lot of guys don't get when they cheat it if they're married with kids. They're not just cheating on their spouse. They're cheating on their kids because they're cheating their kids out of that relationship, that intimacy that God created for that marriage. Yeah, and I think you're che- they, they, they cheat themselves out of, um, of, of sanity a little bit because you, you lose a bit of yourself when you do that. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. cannot mm-hmm. – how can you live with yourself, go to bed at night? Like it takes a certain type of like – I don't even know chemical imbalance to be able to do that to somebody and not, not feel some sort of shame or guilt from it. So save yourself the, the agony, save everyone the agony and just wait, you know, wait till it's right. Mm, absolutely. It's not, you know, work on your marriage, work on your relationships. If it's not right, you yep. know, then yeah. But, but I just because want, we, we've invested um, probably 10,000 hours of marriage study and from books to seminars, to conferences, to, to, sermons to uh, into our marriage in the, in these almost 18 years of marriage. So, so even though we've got this, a lot of people would look at our marriage like, Oh, wow, they are strong. Well, we're only strong because of what we put into it. Yeah. The time and investment. Yeah. And that's, Hey, you probably will never hear me do a song about drinking beer on the back of a <laughs> tractor or going right. to my local dive bar. That ain't like I'm not about that. I, I will always mm. not. I, my my country music is is about like like moving you, making you think, mm-hmm. question mm-hmm. question different things yourself, other people like. And, and and still having uh, the idea that fairy tales do exist, I will I will say that till the day I die. Like love is love is they real, do. and, and I, I'm just not giving up on it, and I don't want anybody else to either. So yeah, and that's I, why I we tell our story. Oh, we love life. that. It's a beautiful thing. Well, we're all on the same page. That's good. <laughs> so so you know what? Tell everybody how they can reach out to you now. Well, I'd love um, to get a follow on Instagram, and that's um, at Callie Tucker Music, and that's C-A-L-I, just like California. Uh, Facebook is um, Callie Tucker Official, I believe. I almost don't remember. Uh, I do have a Twitter, (laughs) which is Callie Callie Tucker. I'm not on there quite as much. And then you can always go to my website. It's CallieTucker.com. And um, we're, we're shopping management. And then shopping labels um, this whole end of this year so that we can really um, have a really good, you know, machine behind us come next spring when we do um, the release that we're hoping for. And uh, it's all very exciting. Thank you guys so much for having me on and can't wait to speak with you all again. Well, we appreciate oh, you coming here. on and, and we, we thoroughly enjoyed this and we definitely look we forward to you coming back. Well, absolutely, and when I, whenever I come to Georgia, or you guys come to Vegas, 
Y'all let me know. <laughs> I will do. <laughs> I will definitely will. Absolutely. Uh, you have um, a great day. Thank you guys so much. Take care. I'll be talking to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>